Hello, listener. You are about to listen to part two uh, of an interview that I recently got to sit down and do with my good friend John Scheibe, a director, actor, writer, producer, cinematographer, editor, key grip, gorgeous motherfucker, polymath genius, all-around raconteur of the cinematic world. Um, I got to sit down and have a great conversation with him about two of his more recent film projects. Uh, in this episode, we talk about his documentary, The Iron Town. It's about a small northern Michigan town called Nagani uh, and the history of iron mining in the area. And it's fucking awesome. Uh, it's really good. I basically spammed my entire family with links to the video. Uh, you can go and check it out. If you want to watch it before the episode, you can go to uh, the Yonder dot studio and then click films the iron towns near the bottom that link will take you to vimeo you can watch the whole thing i think it's like 20 21 or 26 minutes long it is phenomenal it is so interesting and so well shot beautifully edited um and it's close to my heart this is an area uh, this is one of the areas that i grew up in i got a lot of family in this area some of it is shot in ishpeming as well um just as part of the like local uh, mining ranges up there but you should watch the doc definitely listen to the conversation because by the end of this one the brandy starts to hit me so <laughs> it's a good time um if you missed part one we talked about his much lauded uh much nominated and multi-award winning short film perhaps we wrong them it is an absolute festival darling right now and with good reason it is one of the most beautiful short films that i have maybe ever seen it's fantastic lots of modern dance he shot the shit out of it It is it is absolutely gorgeous you can find it at that same link that i just mentioned the yonder dot studio go and check it out go check out that episode and uh enjoy this one just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're measuring flicks I wa- Today I, wa- I watched the trailer for it two days ago mm-hmm. And I watched the first five minutes the day before today was the first time that I had enough time to sit down, watch the whole thing end to end. Yeah. Um, so we are also talking today about 2022's The Iron Town, directed by John Shabby, produced by uh, Dan. Is it Coronan? Coronan. Coronan. Yeah, Coronan. Something in there. <laughs> um, it's a documentary, Sorry, so it's not really starring anybody, but mm-hmm. um, uh, with appearances by Nate Heffron, Troy Henderson, Carol Falster, and dude, Mike Lempinen. What a rad dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want. I'm, I'm curious how this project came to be. Was the, so the Iron Town is a documentary primarily about Nagani, Michigan, mm-hmm. um, the little town that's in between Ishpeming and Marquette, <laughs> um, and it's a it's an iron mining town originally. Yeah. And the documentary sort of, it sort of examines the the cool history of iron mining in Nagani, but also how Nagani as a town is uh, looking at and trying to pivot and develop with the times, especially as the mining industry starts to wane um, and the town is facing some some challenges, like a lot of uh, towns in the Upper Peninsula mm-hmm. are. Yes. And you're, for those of, for those who don't know, John, you're located in the Upper, upper Peninsula. You live up there. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, um... How did this come? How did, who did they approach you? Was this a? How did this all come together? Yeah. So 
This one's longer, 20, 21, 22 minutes long. Yes, this is a 20 minute uh, documentary short. It was originally, I think the original cut of this was 42 minutes long, but we were pushing for a specific slot in, we were we were kind of targeting Fresh Coast Film Festival as sure. the premiere for the short. Did this end up, I, I didn't actually see, did it just get, did this win at Fresh Coast or was this an official selection? Fre- yeah, official selection, um, Fresh Coast, I think they only do like one award and it's for like feature documentary or something. Gotcha. Like it's not really like a, an award driven festival. Sure. It's just more of a showcase of stories happening. Got it, got Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So we were shooting for a specific category. I'll be real. I I cried like three (laughs) times watching this. We can get into why. Like some of Mm -hmm. it's just me, but like... (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Um, um. So how it came about, I will... This is largely Dan Carhonen's like brainchild. Um, He has a very specific connection to Nagani and um, approached me like... So the timing was was very... um, was yeah the timing the timing was everything with this one sure i had just started entertaining the idea of launching a studio and i had just done like a project for a client that dan happens to be a member of and like he saw that i had like film equipment and stuff so he reached out to me and was like hey i've had this idea for this documentary forever the coffee uh the coffee people with the the mug or was this the whiskey one the old-fashioned Oh, neither? Neither. Well, God, those are great, too. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, sorry. Okay, so, so he approached you. Yeah, he approached me and was like, hey, I've had this idea for this documentary. And he like gave me a rundown of what he was thinking. And he's like, is this something you want to work on? And for me, I was like, well, I'm thinking about launching a studio in a couple of months. And uh, this would be a great, like, not entirely upheld by me project to right split like some of establish sure. well not just ri- not risk no I, mean, I, I don't mean it that way i yeah. mean like uh to to have to have like a, a backer and other people who are helping to yeah get it through to to the finish line yeah sure, sure. yeah and it um th- so it was a great just kind of came out of the woodwork project for the studio to like start with yeah like i i can like this is the first like studio project i consider perhaps we wrong them to be like the first like studio film because that's like a specific like this yonder film it's like only it's just the yonder studios creation but like the documentary it was like the the first project that that the studio like took on yeah and so like launch of studio and we're in the middle of filming when it when it first went public and then like released later on um but it's mostly it's mostly dan leading this project like i'm credited as the director but it was like it was mostly him. Like I am not a subject matter expert on Nagani. Sure. I know a lot more now than I did. <laughs> I mean, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, like Dan, Dan's history with this is his his father was the previous Nagani city manager, and so he has sort of this this odd like that's, insider is that, perspective. That's Nate Heffron now. Nate Heffron is the current city manager. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. So his dad. I don't know if he was the exact. Uh, the exact previous or if he was one before but he he was at one point a, a recent Nagani city manager and I believe the Nagani city manager who oversaw and signed off on the the um the old town purchase from the from the mining companies sure so when that whole half a town reopened back up his dad was responsible for all of the paperwork and stuff and, and the ideation and all that so he has like this he's <laughs> just crazy <laughs> yeah so like he his his, him and his family have a lot of like experience in and like this insider's perspective on like the inner workings of Nagani, and so he was like the right person to do this kind of project with. Sure. Um, 
so that's sort of where it came from. It, it's mostly Dan leading this. I was chiefly just the person holding the camera, and sure. I did all the editing and stuff. But you can tell, like you, I've only watched I've watched the short and this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen other stuff that you've done, obviously, <laughs> sure. but like you do have you do definitely have a fingerprint. You've got a distinctive eye, the way that you shoot stuff, and it's Thank all you. over this in a great way, in a totally <laughs> great way. There is one like there's one interview shot that's out of focus, and I'm like, how did that happen? Oh. John would never <laughs> let that happen. Yeah, yeah. So that was me learning how to use. I shot so. <laughs> The The documentary was shot on the FS5. Nice. Okay. So this is like the learning project. Yes. But it was before I had the raw license unlocked, like before I had that software extension. So it was just shot like only 4K at a certain like aspect ratio. Only 4K. (laughs) Disgusting. But it was, but (laughs) like I didn't understand, like I was just trusting that the autofocus system on that camera worked. Yeah. yeah. And it was like my fourth day with the camera shot shooting that specific interview i know exactly which one you're talking about and yeah the focus was drifting like crazy and i didn't realize that until i was trying to edit the film right (laughs) so like dude you cover great because you cut to like these beautiful um drone shots of the wilderness thank you yeah holy shit that and oh anyways (laughs) you're fine um I'm, I'm, you know, I said you're fine. Like I was gonna say something, and I'm not sure if I. <laughs> no, I'm not no, sure if not I had anything to follow now, up uh, on. I was like, yes, the drone shots were beautiful. Next, <laughs> what else? <laughs> Tell um, me more. <laughs> so, honestly, the the biggest thing for me, first of all, there's no way that I can talk about Iron Town without talking about <laughs> egotistically myself. Um, it it hit me. It really hit me, and it made me like I got emotional several times. Part of it is because, like, you're up there now. Um. But I like I that's until I was maybe like six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I that's the only place I'd ever lived. I was born uh, in Ann Arbor, but then I moved immediately up to like the Houghton Hancock area. I grew up in Lake Linden, um, and I all of my family, all of my family lives in Marquette, Nagani, and Ishpeming. Mm-hmm. So, like we were close enough in Houghton Hancock that every weekend for my entire childhood, my whole life, almost all of my memories until I'm in my late 20s are Nagani and Marquette and Ishpeming primarily <laughs> Nagani and Ishpeming so like yeah. um one of my one of my family members I used to go and stay at their house all the time their house is on one of the streets you shot on oh wow. um <laughs> I, I played a wedding at that that first gated that gated shaft yes so at the very beginning in the, like the first like five minutes or so there's mm-hmm. a, a a gated over mine shaft yeah i played a guitar at a wedding there when i was like 22 <laughs> that's the, amazing the, like the two shots from that is an overhead of the city and it's the the street that my brother owns a duplex on oh wow his duplex is one of the houses that was relocated because of the cave-in grounds oh so like <laughs> when he oh, wow uh, so I'm watching this and like I sat down to like watch I knew what it was about and I'm like oh yeah Nagani's a pretty cool place but I did not I wasn't ready for how like it made me feel because I despite the fact that I you know I live in Traverse City now but like mm-hmm. I've got really strong ties to that place and also the mining like my grandpa Blau was a miner his brother was a miner they worked at um they talk about the Mather mine uh-huh. so my grandpa was a miner yeah. my grandpa fell off of a, a lift in that mine and got his hand caught on a nail uh, sticking out of a um, one of the cross beams that held the shaft up, mm-hmm. and he was hanging by a nail through his hand for like half an hour while they got ropes down to him wow. in that mine. And then he went on like so, like a lot of the places that they're talking about. Yeah. Um, I have family that worked there. I have family that that was their whole job for huge chunks of their life. I've Nagani is like 
a surprisingly now <laughs> there's things there's things about Nagani that are not amazing, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but a lot of that has to do with what this documentary covers, yes. which is like this area was completely decimated by one. The they call they call them the caving grounds. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, like uh, when yeah, young kids running in the caving grounds oh. to kind of prove themselves uh-huh. did that completely <laughs> as a child. Like me, and my, me and my cousins used to like be like, yeah, there's caving grounds, and we'd go and hang out and play in there because it was like dangerous and mm-hmm. showed you were brave. Uh-huh. But like, um, so like the the end the documentary covers it. So like as um quality they they went from high grade iron ore to essentially once that was all mined out they changed their mining practices and started mining low grade iron ore mm-hmm. and now that's starting to also sort of dry up a, a bit yes um and that has led to basically large swaths of the population is primarily a mining town losing their jobs which has created a huge economic um not even so much a recession it's it's turned the the town into kind of a dead zone there's yeah. lots of businesses closing although there are several businesses that are opening there too mm-hmm. jackson's pit is uh one of the one of the best restaurants in the up man yeah, if you like good right, bar yeah. food and great great <laughs> beer holy shit jackson's pit is great yeah um yeah i i i actually um i lived on Iron Street while I was working on this project. Like our apartment in the gut, like we recently moved back into Marquette, but gotcha. when, when we were- Oh, that's a shame, dude. Your fucking apartment was absolutely top tier. What a yeah. great space. No, I'm sure your new place is good too, but like, yeah. come on, dude. That place was, was fucking It was killer. a great apartment. There was yeah. a lot of weird stuff that was wrong with it, but I won't go into that. <laughs> sure, sure. But um, like, it was cool living in Nagani and li- literally sometimes looking out the window and watching Nate Heffron, like Nagani's current city manager, literally going door to door from business to business up Iron Street, like, yeah. and try and like being proactive in the community. Like there's something, there was something really cool about seeing it, so like you all were the in time. The, in the, in the town at that moment that this was getting shot and all this, this like, um, what would you call that? Like the, like not re, not re structuring or whatever but like the the reinvigoration of the downtown drawing yeah. new businesses yeah like downtown development and like um i've been in i've been i filmed a couple i didn't use any of the shots but like i filmed a couple of like you know uh sit downs with with nate where he like talks really in depth about all these plant like the five to ten year plan i'm not sure if most of that is public <laughs> uh, we could talk off mic about it yeah <laughs> uh, because i know that i won't get in trouble for that but sure, sure. <laughs> um but like there's a I mean, lo- even what's in the film is it's really promising and it's heartening to see yeah. This community trying to pivot. So not to there's another town nearby, mm-hmm. Ishpeming. Yes. Ishpeming is another mining town mm-hmm. that is the same thing that's happening to Nagani is happening to Ishpeming. Yes. It's dying. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this beautiful old building. A lot of people don't know this, but um, the Otto uh, Preminger film, uh, Anatomy of a Murder, was shot primarily in Marquette and Ishpeming. The whole cast and crew stayed at the Mather Inn while they were there. Mather Inn, named after the Mather Mine. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, if you go into Congress Pizza, which is literally, I am not fucking around, listener. If you are ever in the UP and you go to Ishpeming, the Congress makes the best pizza in the world, period. End of statement. That is killer pizza. In there, there's pictures of Jimmy Stewart in Congress hanging out with, like, uh, you know, there's the cast and crew were all over Ishpeming. Mm-hmm. It's a big boom mining town, and now half the build, half the businesses downtown are closed. Kind of nobody lives there. The houses are kind of all in disrepair. There is no industry there anymore. Yeah, that town is 
starting to fail there was a great brewery there for a while cognition but they recently moved over to marquette i heard so yeah like, yeah well, like location there was issues with that specific location if i if i'm if i'm remembering some of the social media stuff about it i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah not, not to get too into it but like there was let's trash everybody <laughs> they had some issues they had some issues in the space for sure <laughs> wink wink um it wasn't good but yeah so like um to see because again i have found a lot of family in ishpeming my mm-hmm. grandma linda lived there and, until she died um and to see ishpeming a town i love really love you actually sh- there's some shots that i think are in ishpeming yes there's a couple yeah actually i have a note this is one of the moments that i <laughs> that i i got a little teary about the mm-hmm. uh the i they talk about this amazing resource for anybody who visits the up there's something up there called the iron ore heritage trail oh my god brilliant what a brilliant move beautiful absolutely like almost every single mile of it is gorgeous mm-hmm. great hiking cross-country skiing in the winter great yeah. bike trails and as you go there's a lot of really cool art by this guy mike lempinen apparently did most of the art <laughs> yeah um which i didn't know i'd always mm-hmm. seen it and i'm like man this is rad it was so cool to get to see put a face to the to the art you yeah know? <laughs> um but there's a the mining buildings at i wrote down at 435 are literally right you could hit that mining building from my grandma linda's house with a rock wow that's how close you are and (laughs) that i wrote down um the trail that you shot that on because i'm pretty sure i know exactly where you were standing when you set that camera down Mm -hmm. when my when bird and i used to go visit my grandma linda that's where we would walk the dogs wow i have walked that strip and seen those buildings ten thousand times in my life the cross that's on top of the tall um uh, the machine building, the lift building. Mm-hmm. There's a yep. cross on top of that. My great grandpa Shorty put that cross up there. Wow. Yeah, dude. Like that is so. I'm cool. just saying. So yeah. So like, sorry. I pardon me for being. I'm so sorry to be like, oh man. And then I was at this place and this place and this place. No. But like, so much of this yes. hits home for me. A hundred percent. And and that was the response also from you know the, the viewers who were in the room when we did the the screenings at Fresh Coast. There was two screenings of the film. I think it was like a Saturday and a Sunday. And like the room was packed. Right. Like like there was not a free seat in both screenings and yeah. every single person in there was just like like we would do the Q&A after each screening and it was like they had to cut us off and be like okay we have to show the next film because like people they were just oh I have a question and then they would just talk about their experience about Dude, like with yeah. the towns and it's like yeah like the, the the community this is why like I think this film functions a lot better I mean, me personally is like keep it a little bit more local like it's a As local a story thing, sure. yeah because like there's a lot of people um, even in the UP who don't like understand like the industry or or, or like the beginnings or like the cultural importance behind it yeah and like like everybody like says oh the upo oh, like marquette like that's the place right nagani was the original marquette right that's it, where the iron ore industry was founded began right right in nagani yeah the like fr- they that, show the point where they're like this is the first spot in the entire upper peninsula yeah. where iron was ever mined yeah. is in nagani jackson jackson Pit. Yeah, with the restaurants. <laughs> after. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that too. When they went, they're like so much. If you just look at the street names, look at the names of businesses. The iron, the, the mining industry is all over up here. The, yeah. the they're called the hematites, dude. Yeah. Like they, like that. It's it's incredible. It's yeah. a, it's a really incredible story. I see what you mean about it being how how it could you know I how it could be regional. You know, like dude i reacted strongly to it i grew up there i know a lot of these stories my family is like intrinsically tied into the area so i of course my heart's just like <laughs> i'm like look at the film oh look at the guy look at the art yeah. but also i i don't know i think in a lot of ways 
Go stream. Get out of here, you butt. Not you, John. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was worried. It's an audio medium. They're, they're like, is he yelling at the dog or the guest? Um, but I can see, I, I, I agree with you. Like, the people who are going to respond most most powerfully to this are the people who, their grandma lived next to the fucking mining buildings. Yeah. Um, and, and just to say, like, just mostly, mostly as just, like, the person with the camera and the editor on this project, like, this is, in a lot of ways, like, Dan's love letter to the community that he grew up in yeah. and that his family had an impact on. And yeah. it's like, those are also the people who are meant to see this. Sure. So, it yeah, that, that's where it's coming I, from. The, my, my crazy, my wild heart just wants it to go wide. I just want everyone to see <laughs> this, man. Because it's like... It's not, in a lot of ways, it's not, it is, a, it's a love letter to Naganian and into the region completely, but it's not just a story about Nagani. Bird and I moved to Maine for one year, mm-hmm. um, short, like shortly after we got married, like a few years after we got married. We moved to a town called Biddeford. Biddeford was a mill town. The mill closed. The town became economically decimated. The downtown while we were there was mostly shuttered. It was Nagani, but it smelled like the ocean. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. This is this is kind of a story about something that's happening to America as the industrial nation that we are were mm-hmm. begins to evolve into something else as as things gravitate more towards city centers and away from rural centers and mining towns and mills are closing because that's not the way the world works anymore. Biddeford was doing something very much like Nagani's doing where they were pivoting to tourism and small businesses designed to attract uh like Maine is kind of unique because they have a lot of summer tourism that yes. floods from all over the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um but you know like killer restaurants so that people come down from Portland or people come up from from uh, New York, Boston, places like that sure. just to pop up. Yeah. And it was kind of starting to work. We you saw some new businesses open even in that one year that we were there. So watching watching this, it was like it's the story of Nagani, for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of like in a weird way it's the story of a specific slice of the American apple pie. That's either going to molder and rot or it's going to change and flourish and taste a little different than it did before. Mm-hmm. And I think Nagani, like the way Nagani's doing it in this documentary is super, super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're taking, um, and I say they, like it's chiefly Nate is like, yeah, dude, that guy, his passion for this project comes across just in those, <laughs> those interview sections. Yeah. He's no nonsense too. I like that. He's shoot straight shooter. Yeah. Like, and <laughs> it, it was actually kind of a problem in the edit. <laughs> I love it. But you get a lot of like, yeah, and you know, this town's fucking going down to tubes, but if we, I'm... no, 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 no. He, he, he has a lot of love for this town. Yeah, no, I, he's, I'm just joking. He's not. Him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, he needs to be voted out immediately. <laughs> Nobody well, guys, I saw some shit. <laughs> the edit, man, I was there was like five lines I could use. <laughs> the corruption is deep in Nagani. Deep. No, dude, the, the guy's heart is on his sleeve for, for sure. sure. Yeah, and he's it. not a, he's he's not originally from Nagani. He's just he came in from out of town and just fell saw and fell in love with the place. Yeah. And he's just doing the work. And I, I really respect that about it. Yeah, yeah. But like when we were filming with him, there was like, I think we did, we, we shot an interview with him. And then immediately after the interview, we like just jumped in a, in like the Nagani city manager car. And it was like the state yeah, appointed yeah. vehicle. That, and we, dude, that was cool. Yeah. You go out to Teal Lake at one point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what we did, he just, he threw us in the vehicle and <laughs> I just had the camera on my shoulder and we just drove around Nagani. And all he did for like two hours straight was just point and talk about all the 
different plans he has for every corner of that city. And it was really, really cool. Amazing. <laughs> but like it, it did like in the edit, like I, I it's also because it's like a 20 minute film. Like we were sure we were cut at 20 minutes that we had to keep it under that. So we wanted more of the film to be about what the future of Nagani is gonna be, but right. we also wanted to leave some of that, like not all of that's gonna happen. So like let's yeah. let the let's let the viewer experience the growth of Nagani naturally also. Yeah. But like you did the edit yourself? I did the edit, yeah. The um like all of what I, mean, what I mean is, did were there other people who were like, all right, we need more of this, less of this, or did you kind of control the balance of content in that? I I I controlled probably ninety nine percent of it. Dan Dan did have like um like there there notes. notes. He's like sure. the producer in the mind behind the sure, whole thing. So sure. he's like, oh you know, oh maybe we cut this section. Like I'm not really sure if we need that, but let's really lean into like yeah. Dan was Dan was sort of directing in 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 a in an overarching way. Like the knowing larger that edit. the long cut was like in the forties. 42 minutes <laughs> <laughs> twice as long um the balance i think the balance that you strike between the history of uh, the history of mining the brief touch on the decline of the town and the pro- troubles that it's facing and mm-hmm. then the it's pr- i think you the the balance that you do in the edit is beautiful because there's just enough to show like it's like not to be maudlin but the way that it reads to me is like you watch something die right and then in a way you you get to see what grows just a, just a, the first blooms and blossoms of what's growing from not the re- the wreckage in a way you know what i mean like without mm-hmm. a doubt that town took a hard hit yes for sure but i mean campfire coffee you know you get you get campfire coffee you get to see new businesses coming in downtown mm-hmm. the the contrast between like the beginning where you see thanks for 18 years or like save the vista yes we can and then what you see at the end which is you know tourists are showing up people are they are drawing it's i think the balance that you struck is perfect it was really you have a you have a really fine touch for that sort of stuff creating balance in the edit creating like a a feeling of of symmetry and equal weight it's not all doom and gloom there is there is a lot of like hope in the end of that. Thank I you. want to talk about your B roll bri- briefly. <laughs> sure, because dude, just the and I, you're this, so you're you are just learning the the new Sony at this point, right? Yeah. So like, the, and it, it's funny because like 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 I said with perhaps we wrong them like I made the best possible version of that film like with what I had available to me, sure. and it's the same story with the Iron Town. Yeah. Like I didn't have a drone. In well, how'd you get those shots? Well, I I had the drone. Yeah. After all the snow had melted. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Because yeah. I'm like, well, I wonder why he didn't get like more. Because there's some great ground photography, just like uh, like the, the opening shot of the film yeah. is Iron Street and that snow is falling. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And then there's a couple <laughs> things where I thought you were doing like a, uh, um, God, who's the, who's the famous documentary filmmaker that everybody loves? Did Je- Ken Burns. I thought you were doing like the Ken Burns like, and here's some photographs from old Nagani. Uh, and then snow falls in front of it. And you're like, oh my God, he's on location. Yeah. Dude, awesome. <laughs> Just like little subtle shit like that that like surprises the eye. 
sometimes documentaries can get a little bit like, all right, we're looking at more microfiche. Fucking <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that just seeing snow fall in front of it and realizing that you were shooting outside on location. Yeah. So cool. It really kept me engaged visually. Yeah. And especially because one of the locations that we shot in was the Iron Industry Museum that's yeah, yeah. in Nagani. And there was a risk of it being, because there's so much material in that museum. And so it became like a marriage of like, how much of the museum do we show? Because we also want to drive traffic to the museum. Right. Because we want people you right, know, to experience right, that right. but like we also don't want to just have a slideshow so it's like how do we is it, it was a delicate balance and i think we found the right one for this project mm-hmm. yeah um, i agree yeah but like um like the all the winter stuff like um Oh, gee, let's see. Yeah, like, so when it came the, to the... the snowmobiler <laughs> that waves at you? That oh, was I awesome. know. That was a fun moment. <laughs> like, when that happened, I was like, he made the cut. Like, before I even had files offloaded off the camera. Like, in the moment, I was like, this guy, he's in it. <laughs> it's so UP, man. It's I like, know. Oh, hey there, making a film, eh? Like, dude, so... <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so the vibe of that place. I, I like to hope that he was just, like, a silent audience member at first day of Fresh Coast and was like, that oh, would, that was me. That'd and then be great. Like, left with his, like, hey, yeah, proud right. of his hometown yeah totally totally um but like so wait when did you get the drone sorry because yeah. those drone shots are breathtaking <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> like, i know it's not hard to make like sweeping rolling wilderness like it w- look great it but was kind of hard though i think okay. I, sh- I spent more days shooting the drone stuff than i did actually shooting interviews it or any of that other stuff off man yeah because like it was also tricky because i was trying to catch like like the best looking light possible which is like golden hour sure so it's like i would show up and by the time i got yeah so it was it was a stretch (laughs) and then like in the edit it was nice because i was on iron street so it was like i would be in the edit and be like oh this moment isn't working what can i put in here and i'm like ooh, i could get this and i just right out the door and go out there yeah and i just like lean the camera out the window and shoot a shot talk about like (laughs) on location (laughs) yeah it was pretty like it, it so yeah, a lot of this film was made, like, yeah, like I said, it was just the best possible film that I could make with the resources available to me. And one of the big, biggest things was just that I happened to be there. Okay. And like, like a lot of me trudging through Old Town Nagani, like the shot of the Michigan Iron Street, yeah. like that is not accessible to vehicle. I had to hike half a mile through like three feet of snow the, to yeah, get to Yeah, the one that. that's like, there's, yeah. that, that part was so cool when they were talking about like, because the town... The, Literally, listener, it sounds like I said something crazy earlier when I said part of the town got relocated. Oh, yeah. Part of the town <laughs> got relocated yes. to another location. Like, my, my brother's duplex was completely disassembled, re- removed. The building was built in, like, the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. They took it all the way apart, put it on a truck, moved it to a new location, and rebuilt the house in a new spot from where it originally was. I've been, if you go up in the attic, it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I know, like, because it is 1800s house architecture. Mm-hmm. The roofs of the roof of his attic in Sam's duplex, there are planks that are easily three and a half feet wide and 40 feet long. Boards that don't exist in the modern world at all because trees aren't that big anymore. Mm-hmm. Those old school boards that are now over a hundred years old are making up his attic roofs with with modern roofing laid yeah. on top of them. Mm-hmm. There's giant gaps in them because back in the day they just kind of like throw some tar paper over that and that would be fine and we'll just like light the fire and make it hotter. Yeah, just super super old mining housing originally mm-hmm. that was moved from the mine. One thing that they get into in the documentary is after 
after they'd sunk the the main shafts and gotten all of the the really like prime ore, mm-hmm. they started doing more horizontal mining, and a lot of those mine shafts went under the town. Yeah. So there's open mine shafts under the town that over time create sinkholes, and there actually were a few incidents, and that caused them to. Yeah, relocate the town. That's <laughs> yeah. what the caving grounds are. Is yeah, it's it's the town that became inhospitable at yeah. a certain point, and um, and why it's open nowadays is because the technology has gotten better, and they're able to get a better map of where these right. problem areas are. So they've all they've done is just refine where the where the fence is. Yeah, but there are still still areas of yeah of this place where you can't go in because it's all still fenced off. Sure. But the city bought back some of the land from the mining companies where it was safe, and they're like. Um, so, like, a big topic of this film, of this documentary, is, like, what do we do to, like, help this town bounce back from, you know, this right. entire industry essentially leaving? Yeah. And it's, like, so they see an opportunity with all this land, including this, like, like literally, like, the base flooring of some of these houses is still there. Yeah. And they just, yeah. all they did was just rip the fence out and mm-hmm. then just let the community explore it. Yeah. And And it's, like... So it's Nate like, is doing a lot of work with outdoor recreation and like, hey, let's get bike trails in there. Let's like, let's pave the Iron Ore Heritage Trail straight through that fucker. And, yes. And, and, by, <laughs> and that, yeah. that connects uh, all three towns. All three towns. It's it runs Nagani all the way down to Marquette. Yes. And mm-hmm. it expands the, tr- the Iron Ore Heritage Trail starts in Republic and it expands Holy all the way. Holy shit. Does it go all the way out to Republic? All, it's not paved the whole way, but the but trail runs far. all the way down to Republic. That's almost an hour from Marquette for yeah. listeners. And when we, when we interviewed... Uh, Carol, who is like the, the Iron Ore Heritage Trail, so cool, <laughs> yeah, she's you great. Some moments where she like gets emotional talking about the town. I had I in the edit, I had like four of those that like for time I had to cut that I just desperately tried to keep in because she like every single person like we only interviewed four people and sure. the doc's only twenty minutes long. Yeah, but each interview just like from start to finish was like an hour and a half, two hours each. Yeah. And like each person had so much to say about this they town that they lived in. So much. They care very deeply. Yeah. And Carol was was a it was a big part of that. Like she was um she was part of the original group. Like she said in the doc. Right. You know, like, hey, we had this idea to connect the towns. People should be able to you know experience yeah, I, love, I love that very she's yeah. like why don't you guys connect the towns and we're like oh yeah so like in a weird way like carol is kind of like one of the inceptors i don't know if that's the right word but like she kind of I like balletic earlier perfect. you do whatever you want yeah. <laughs> who <laughs> the all, fuck cares? they're all made up words john <laughs> it's whatever we're feeling creatively in the moment <laughs> it's a vibe there's a whole vibe to it <laughs> yeah but she, like she was at ground level for what is what has turned into a vibrant like outdoors recreation industry like branching off of this whole trail, right in this region, and it's crazy. Yeah, and when, but when I, sorry when I, when I was talking no, yeah, with yeah. Carol in the interview, she was talking, and this was like a year or two or a year and a half ago at this point. Sure. But she was talking about how there are there are plans to expand the trail even all the way out to Lake and Inland. And it's like, That'd be so rad. yeah. And the cool part about all this, it, uh, I say all this, but the cool part about like the trail specifically is yeah. that it's like, if you are a resident of Ishpeming, Nagani, Marquette, if you're in like that township, that area, mm-hmm. like part of your taxes that you pay 
is like sliced off and donated straight to the funds that manage the trail. So like all of the artwork, all of this important cultural history, like that's along the trail. All of this stuff is like the communities are contributing to this. Yeah. And it's and it's like, you know, people have opinions about like, oh, yeah, my city is just like pulling tax dollars out and they're just doing whatever the fuck they want with it. Or like it looks awful. I wasn't proud of this. It's like like Carol said in the doc, it's like we approach these communities with maps and ask them to tell us. Yeah. What are your stories here? You would have been a great person to ask <laughs> about this. You should have been our fifth had, interview. I wish I'd been around. Yeah, like. yeah. So it's like the trail and and Nagani and all this stuff. Like it, it is so like community driven, and there's a lot of history and a lot of bloodlines in Nagani. Oh my god, you're not like, kidding, dude. The crazy Old families. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like. People, I, I feel like there's sometimes a joke about like, oh, huh, like like Upper Michigan, like where's the culture? And it's like you're, that's a disservice. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, it is. there's, yeah. I mean, it's easy to to make the Uper joke, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, but <laughs> yeah. like, but like that's the culture I grew up in. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm I'm not. I, well, if I get up there for too long, I definitely do start to talk a little bit like that again. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> well, it's mostly hanging out with my fucking brother, man. You just crack a beer and yeah. Hey, you want to go for a tuner ride? I'm like, yeah, you betcha. Fuck. God. <laughs> I mean, yes, I would enjoy that absolutely, and I will have another beverage. Yes. <laughs> but um, but like that attitude towards the outdoors and like different things like that is like is like that because like three four generations down the line, that's what those people did when they landed here, and the families are still there, and that's what they continue to do to this day so it's like the outdoor recreation is built entirely on like transplants and like immigrants it's it's cool yeah it's really cool like i said like i am not a subject matter expert on like anything upper michigan yeah yeah. but like i've learned so many cool things about this entire one thing i'd like to i'd like you to learn i want to teach you how to make pasties oh yeah so i make. i love pasties i too. still make them i make i've made pasties since i was like 18 i mm. use my i've got two recipes i've got my grandma linda's recipe um i got my grandma blau's recipe wow. my grandma blau wife of a minor <laughs> um and the the cool thing so cool thing about pasties mm. pasties were originally the reason that they're part of like in the doc they say they come from cornish tin miners mm-hmm. so a lot of there was a lot of uh, transplants from cornwall england came over here yep. there was also a huge number of finnish immigrants up yes. in the upper peninsula you know i <laughs> guess yeah. by some of the names um but uh one of the one of the benefits of pasties is it's a self-contained meal the mm-hmm. the inside of a pasty no matter what anybody tells you is beef potatoes and onions and that's it mm-hmm. that, those are the ingredients to any pasty people f- are getting flexible in in a lot of places because uh-huh. there's demand for like i like carrots in mine and you're like well yeah, i don't know what we're gonna call it it's not a pasty <laughs> but enjoy yeah um <clears throat> but the cool thing about it is if your hands are soiled, like totally covered in dust or blood from having someone miss <laughs> miss with the hammer and crush mm. your hands, oh yeah. my god, dude! The just seeing yeah, these miners suffer. I know seeing that old picture, like the little kid holding the rod and like two dudes with sledgehammers. I'm like, this was mining. This was just like abuse and torture. Um, but if your hands are all covered in like soot and shit. You either wrap the pasty in like wax paper and then you peel the wax paper down and just you can eat it mm-hmm. and your the meat and potatoes aren't falling all over the place because they're inside a crust. Yeah. Or my grandpa used to just stuff them in the pockets of his pants because the crust contains your meal. You mm-hmm. pull it out and then you just rip off the crust and take a, a mouthful of the filling. And yeah. then as you work your way down, you'll just bite off some of the filling and spit it on the ground. And continue to yeah, eat like the work film. around the dirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a, it's a way to keep your food clean 
that makes it has its own wrapper that you just basically stomp into the the dust or wrap in wax paper. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, fucking pasties are delicious. They're so good. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> at some point, I'll uh, we'll get together and we'll do we'll do a big giant pasty. I would love there. that. Yeah. Um, divisive. D- off on that topic, I have a divisive question. Okay. Yeah, are you the, a gravy? Is this the gravy or ketchup? Which do you prefer? Stupid question. I also think it's stupid. Here's why. No, the reason I think it's stupid is because the answer is so obviously ketchup. <laughs> It's just 100% ketchup, and if you say gravy, I'm happy that you found a food you enjoy, but it isn't a pasty, because a pasty has ketchup and butter put on it. Oh, my gosh. Are you a gravy guy? Oh, no, I'm ketchup Ketchup the whole way. Ketchup all the fucking way, right? This is, okay, so this is like regional stuff that a lot of you aren't going to get, but oh, my God, dude, families have been broken up over this question for sure. You said this is an international podcast, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if... (laughs) I They're gonna be like, "What are they talking?" We'll about? have to ask Stian. He's not. Uh, he's not finished, but he's Norwegian. I'll be like, "Do you guys have pasties in Norway?" And if so, <laughs> gravy or ketchup. You might not be allowed to be a patron anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Like I used to work in a restaurant downtown. There's there's pasty places down here. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, you go in there and you look at like the pasty menu, and I'm like, okay, there's a pasty, and there's some pastry f- with fillings in them. But but like the yeah. big thing in the kitchen I worked in was always like. Hey Max, we're making pasties tonight. We're thinking. Uh, oh, and sorry, rutabaga. I forgot rutabaga. Oh it's, yeah, it's, rutabaga. Uh, mm-hmm. Beef, potatoes, rutabaga, and onions. Yeah. Is that brandy? God yeah. damn you, Carl. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, there's only four ingredients in a pasty, and it's beef, potatoes, uh, onions, and rutabaga, salt and pepper. Done. And mm-hmm. then you make a pastry crust, and the secret to the crust is you roll that shit thin. You don't mm-hmm. want a thick ass crust. You roll it real thin. Get your topping on there. Crimp the edge. I like to roll the edge, but I don't know. It's a, I, I'm just lazy. Um, so you crimp the edge and then three vent holes. A lot mm. of people will tell you to use chopped steak or chopped like um, like like chopped beef, like cube cube meat. Uh uh-uh. uh No no. The insiders, the people who know, ground beef because mm-hmm. the ground beef is a little bit fattier and because it's shredded up, it releases moisture as it cooks and it steams yeah. the rutabaga and the potatoes and it keeps everything nice and soft so that's how you make a fucking pasty it is and for anyone who's upset about this description <laughs> you are literally insulting max's heritage my hair yeah bro i'm like a, i'm like as finished as you can get so you're just wrong um no dude look eat what you want but like that's uh, a pasty right there i've had them with with cute steak my grandma linda used to make them that way they're fine but ground beef is so much better but yes ketchup is the answer that is obvious it's clear Oh man. Um, honestly, like Bird and I were up there not too, uh, maybe like four or five months ago, and uh, we actually did some of the um, some of the Iron Ore Heritage Trail. Cool. It's very cool. It's like, very yeah. When you hit the mining sites, they got big placards, lots of information. They do, and every single thing that you see, as far as I know, everything that you see, the signage, all of that stuff. Like even like when you're off on the trail and you're in an unpaved section and there's like some obscure like metal post with a sign that points you towards like right. um, the nearest town or oh, something. Dude, the railroad, um, yeah. the railroad, uh, not a tie, the, the railroad track upright as a stanchion with the numbers. Mm-hmm. God, that was so cool looking. Yeah. Sorry, it, but all of that is, all of that is Mike Lampinen. Yeah. Yeah. And the interview with that guy was re- so yeah. amazing. It, it was, a, it, it was one of the interviews that I wish we could have expanded more on because I think Mike's interview out of everybody's was the longest and he had like so much to say about like where his family comes from. Like he's a, he's a family of miners as well. And he lived on Teal Lake when the Mather B was running and and he has like all these stories about any, I I wanted to include so much of that, but like, is there any, is there any, um, 
ch chance of talks of like doing like bonus features or behind the scenes shit. I know you said with the other one, probably not, but it's, it sounds like you have a shitload more footage yeah. maybe down the road or like something you could just throw up. I mean, I'm selfishly interested <laughs> in all this stuff. So. Um, like, is there the footage to do a quote unquote director's cut of this? I mean, like, yes. And not yeah. that you need to take on that like crazy project, but right. do you have the 42 minute cut lying around anywhere? It's yeah. It's on a hard drive somewhere. Yeah, so like there are there are ver it's not like a complete version. Like sure. I don't are is there music in it? I don't know. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. um it's very like not you know it doesn't have that polish on I'd it. I'd watch a forty two minute version of this, but maybe I'm a niche <laughs> audience. I will definitely I, I, at the end of this, like listener, I'm I highly recommend that you go and watch both of these. Obviously, check out perhaps we wrong them. It's amazing, and you can watch it in four minutes. So that's like a a massive benefit. It's it's fast and it hits you hard and it's so powerful and it's so artistic. But if you got a little bit of time, watch the Iron Town, man. This, this was this is really well made. Thank you. Really well made. Yeah. I, I enjoyed this quite a lot. So I recommend it to everyone, not just regionally duper <laughs> types. So, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. These projects have been really fun to work on. I, I think sort of the lifetime of the studio so far, like starting with a documentary that's local and then moving to a more like narrative short film that's really unexpected. And and then, sure. you know, I, I'm already working on like the next one. And, yes, and the one okay, after wait, that, hold and... on, let's talk now because I want to scoop. Oh, okay. You're sitting down in front of a microphone. So... <laughs> <laughs> I just realized I made a huge mistake being here. <laughs> so John, uh, John Shabby, what's, uh, what's next? What, what are you working on? What are you working on next? That's a great question. I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I'm sweat. Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, well, that's no, a good thing I cut myself off from the no, brandy. I know. I should have pushed it. I should have been like, here, John. <laughs> um, all right. Well, no pressure, man. Tell me what you can. Uh, yeah. But what's what's next for the Under Studio? Ruby. You... So the studio is currently planning out for the next two years, and uh, there are screenplays in development. There's sort of. Like, it's the lifetime thing that I talked about. Like, the documentary was the first project, and it was the easiest one to work on. And the next thing that made sense was um, a narrative, like, super short film sure. that I didn't have to worry about sound production much with because it's right. mostly an audio track. Sound is a pain in the ass in post-production, yeah. too, for sure. So it was a conscious decision to do that film because right. I was like, this is approachable for me right now because gotcha. I don't know a lot about I don't want to have to go through a learning curve on audio design to right. really make this film shine. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so the next film, it's like, what is next? It's really what I want to challenge myself with next sure. is, is what's next. Um, so, like, we're going to go, the next film is going to be, like, a 10 to 20 minute. I think I've said that publicly already. And then the one following that is going to be, like, a feature length. Like, I want to try, I want to start jumping into the more, like, I mean, not that the, not that these films haven't been ambitious, but my, my aim with the studio is to really, is to really crank these projects out and to sure. continue to surprise people. Like, I don't. So you're looking at a quick production timeline, like, a, not, maybe not Roger Corman levels of, like, speed, but, mm -hmm. and you know, like, I mean, we love Roger <laughs> Corman at this podcast, like, amazing, amazing, Amer AIP is one of our heroes, but, yeah. like, um, so you're looking, you're looking not to, like, not necessarily to like Ari Aster it, not dude, uh, Ari Aster fans all the way, but mm -hmm. everyone's got their own workflow. And yeah. Ari Aster is a guy who works on a movie for a long time and gets every single thing perfect, which you also do seem to be a bit of a perfectionist, but it sounds like you're also looking to not lose momentum to put, put projects out yes. regularly or at least semi-regularly or yeah. always be working. Yes. So a big, you know, and, and this is sort of where things start to become a little bit regional, um, a big push with what I'm doing with Yonder Studio right now 
is I I am it's sort of like falling on my soldiers on my shoulders but I've also kind of like I kind of want to be in this position it's a weird relationship I have with this but like the studio right now is kind of the only one in the UP doing this at all sure and so like it becomes a question of whether or not like I want this industry to be in Upper Michigan because I'm sort of the person who's paving the way. Right. Um, and there are other, like, I don't want to discredit people who are doing other creative projects, but yeah. like uh, on this scale, like with, with these, you know, festivals, like, like there's, there's, yeah, these yeah. are distinct from other things that, that are, have come out of there. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. And, and the conversations that I've had with people, other filmmakers, people who aren't in the UP who have come to me and been like, Hey, I like what you're doing. Yeah. Like what is next? What is like, who are interested in the development of this industry in the UP specifically? Sure. And it's like, the locations I, are gorgeous. I know. Like, and when, so it's sort of, it's become a responsibility of mine in a weird way. Like I'm happy to hand it off, but I'm also happy and proud to be the person sort of running the show on sure. this is like, there will come a time if I do nothing where the larger filmmaking industry becomes aware of how viable the UP is. Right. As far as locations and all this different stuff. Right. Like, there's a talent pool here also. Yeah. Like, Karina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who, yeah, just untapped, like, potential. And there's some worry, not worry, but there's some possibility that this could go the way of Louisiana. Cheap to shoot there, amazing locations, lots of local character. Yeah. Hey, let's go roll in. I mean, they used to do it. Mm-hmm. Anatomy of a murder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like my, I, I'm not looking like I'm not as a person who lives in the UP, who lives in Marquette, I'm not interested in, in, in an industry that's only here for a contract and then bails and then doesn't really Agreed. contribute to the larger like community or like, isn't a part of, of keeping things in circulation. You know, I want an industry as far as the film stuff goes, I would, I would prefer to see an industry here that the community can be proud of. Like, We've talked about this in the past, on, yeah. not on microphones, <laughs> but yeah, I've always really admired that that ethic, that particular principled approach to this of yeah. of making this not necessarily a regional thing, but a com- like a community thing. I, I the way that you put it is perfect. There is a tendency, especially with big budget Hollywood stuff, or or even like just to put it in Zappa terms, like corporate <laughs> stuff. Yeah, <laughs> roll in, bring their own crew, bring their own gear stay like stay in their trailers or whatever shoot and use the region Mm -hmm. and use what it has to offer but don't give anything back to it and then roll when they're done yeah i love the idea of using the location and the people not not using the location and people Mm -hmm. but involving the location and the people and giving back in that way and being engaged in the community and helping the 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 whole region and community flourish and grow yeah to be so that they have something to be proud of at the end of it you know like yeah every every single person on camera behind the camera who worked on perhaps me wrong them was a local community member that's i mean no i was gonna say that's stunning that's not stunning because i though it is not out i did something i I shot something up there once upon a time and everybody that i ran into was fucking awesome and like (laughs) blew the doors off and i was like this is cool i could do this forever yeah just look like it looks like you're doing this like that now and you're having the same type of shit where you're just like yeah people up there rock the locations all look great how can it not all look great yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. and like it's all of these different threads kind of coming together at once and you know, like i said like it's am i the right person to be you know sort of like leading the charge i don't know like if someone better comes along who's like oh, i'm sorry do you want me to read the list of uh, nominations again because it <laughs> seems kind of like you might be like one of the right people to, well, to lead yeah, the charge. yeah i'm happy i'm happy to you know Good, and, I, and, yeah. I, and i'm honored to um yeah i just as long as i'm 
as long as me or someone with a similar like amount of like respect for you know the area is like at least always a part of the conversation about how the industry is continuing to develop in Upper Michigan, Marquette County, different things like that. It's like, as long as there's someone in that spot, yeah. like I'm comfortable with that. Cool. Um, Cause like, I think, yeah, you're right. Like there are, there are right now, there are, there are companies like in South Michigan and Detroit, like rental houses, Hollywood, Hollywood will come in, like rent equipment from these rental houses, which is great. That's fine. Yeah. They'll well, drive some money. Yeah. Sure, sure. They'll drive their trucks all the way up into the UP. There was one that in last, this happened last winter. They shot like a scene from a film on Marquette mountain and then packed up the truck and left. Right. And it's like, what did they, you know, what did they contribute to that area? Yeah, at all? I'm, I'm glad that they had access to that. And like, I'm glad, you know, they give Marquette mountain probably yeah, don't want a gatekeep. Of yeah. Course, like, but like, come on, yeah. like engage with the community. Yeah, for and, sure. I'm sure that, you know, and I'm sure they gave money to the ski hill and I'm sure like it's all like well and good, but I'm looking for a more like I want to be a part of a conversation that builds a longer term investment. Fuck yeah, dude. And I, yeah. We need more people. We need more people who think like you and we need more (laughs) people who, who make shit like you make. I, this, is, Thank you. this has been super, super <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm hoping that people in Mar- Marquette or the UP yeah. are suddenly like, wow, this is possible here. Like, And I have. I've had people reach out who were like, oh, get me in on the next project. I have Dude, like a- I said on the show, <laughs> I said on the show during the Harry Potter episode, like uh-huh. part of- not not like, not even, not the main part, but like a big chunk, a, a, a sizable chunk of what- like helped kind of drag me out of a sort of ennui that I'd been kind of like shuffling my way through was seeing the shit that you were doing and seeing your passion for it and seeing how you had applied yourself to your art for a long time. This is not like John picked up a camera and a couple of things. However, he describes it on the fucking interview. (laughs) It's not like, Oh, a couple of happy accidents happened and I made a real good movie. No dude, you've, you've applied yourself to this for a long time. You've researched, you've studied, you've you've worked on smaller projects to hone your skills and it's it's coming to fruition now and that is inspiring to me that makes me for a long time i just wanted to work on music and writing because it was easy and film is not easy it is fucking not easy there's a lot of moving parts you have to collaborate with a lot of people a lot can go wrong and that can get really disheartening so i kind of like sat on a sign for a while because i was like music is easy i just pick up my guitar and play mm-hmm. writing is easy i just put the words down and i'm a pretty good writer but like seeing you run at this hard and not give up and learn your shit and make the mistakes that you need to make so that you can do better next time that's got me interested in film again yeah that's huge dude like you're you're genuinely been an inspiration to me in the last couple of years yes i love that that's huge thank you now really quick you dodged my question earlier (laughs) you said that there was a 10 to 20 minute something and then a feature something but that's not really much information john so so tell me, just tell me one thing that you think is too much to say. Give me one detail that you don't want to divulge. Come on, give me a scoop. You know oh, you want to. Gosh, I do want to. Look at him. He's just Shoot. dying. He's okay. dying. How I about... wish I could turn these lights on you so it's just like right <laughs> in your face. <laughs> okay. Give me, give me something. How about I'll give you a Measuring Flicks exclusive. Here it fucking comes, for listener. For both projects. Oh my God, a twofer. All Let's right. go for it. Give it to me. Okay. Right. So the first, the first, uh, the next coming. Okay. Um, I'll say it's, I, I think I've said something about this publicly already. Okay. It is also a dark film. Okay. But um, it's unexpected at the same time. There is sort of like, it, it transforms and it's, it's like. This is the 10 to 20 minute ish. Yeah, 20 to 20 ish. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. And it's, um, 
yeah, this, like, Perhaps We Wrong Them was a really strong narrative one. Sure. This one is a really strong experimental. Oh, and so shit, it's yeah. like, it's, okay. this is me swinging for the, for the, okay. Um, yeah. Oh, can I, all right. No one will even know what this means, but <laughs> did I see any version of a screenplay for this yes. some time ago? Uh-huh. Fuck yes, John. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so excited. Okay. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Groovy. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, continue. Yeah. And so the feature. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> Do it. You I'm won't gonna, regret it. It'll. I'm just. I can't gonna, wait for the text. Like, please cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You. You signed an NDA, right? <laughs> this is, did I say off the record before I said that? I think I did, right? No, no, I'm sorry. All right. Don't let me talk you out of it. Okay. So the unofficial, super unofficial, like logline that I've been like sort of like bouncing oh, around fuck inside a of log my head. Line. Okay. Yeah. 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 Fat trans Jesus. That's all I needed. That's Perfect. literally all I needed. Oh my god. Okay. All right. John, do you have anything else that you want to say about either of your two films, dude? Oh my god. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm like fucking bubbling over. Any um any final thoughts? Any closing thoughts? Thank um, you for doing this. Oh man. yeah. We no, it's a for pleasure. Way longer I than know. I thought. But wow. I'm so happy. <laughs> um yeah. It's it's always fun to be on the on the show. Um, um I did my best to channel Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you went way over time. You said all sorts of stuff you'll regret uh, later. Yeah. yeah, for sure, bro. You did a great job. Perfect, yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for anyone who's listening who, who goes to explore these different films. Uh, At the end here, give them, the, give them yeah. where they can find the films and your socials. Sure, yeah. So you can... <laughs> You can find um, both films um, through the studio's Instagram, which is at Yonder Studio, at Y-N-D-R Studio, or the Yonder.Studio is the website. There's no .com. It's like .studio. Yeah, it's a little yeah. weird, but it no, makes sense cool. when you type I, it when out. When I saw it, I was like, where's the .com? Yeah. But then I'm like, yeah, .studio. Fuck the com. Mm-hmm. Or you could go like, just spell it out, yonderfilms.com. Like sure. both will go the same place. Um, and then personally, my Instagram's yonderjohn, at, that's spelled out, at yonderjohn. Mm. Um, and then uh, website is is yonderjohn.com awesome yeah awesome man. i like to keep things on under the yonder umbrella it is all <laughs> it's pretty fucking on brand which is excellent um and yeah your still photography is killer too that's why I, your you. personal account is such a such a <laughs> banger because it's just gorgeous image after gorgeous image thank you all right a little bit of housekeeping at the end here mm. um if you liked this episode if you like what we do here at uh measuring flicks you can head on over to patreon.com slash quillen film q u i l l a n d f i l m it can get you all sorts of shit full-length bonus episodes many of which are amazing um, it also gets you yeah, shout outs on the show. It feels appropriate to start with uh, the, the <laughs> shout out. Um, John Chibi supports this show. Hey. Thanks a bunch for that, bro. My pleasure. Um, dude, our pleasure, honestly. We had to be like, yeah, we're supported by Cannes nominated directors. And they're like, the Cannes Film Festival? I'm like, the Cannes Short Film Festival. It, they're it, like the same thing. Shut up. I Don't mean, be judging. You can say yeah and just yeah, not correct them. Absolutely. There you go. That's it what is. I've been doing <laughs> until this episode. There you go. So, I'll, just, I'll just like beep all that out. Thank I'll be like, you. yeah, he's a Cannes nominated director. It'll be fine. Perfect. Um, so thank you. Yeah, thank you again for both your support and for showing up on the show. Um, yes, thank thank you. you to Casey Shibe. Casey Shibe, you don't even understand how m- much thanks, all my heart, and some of my possessions, I think, probably <laughs> are yours. Uh, the Glitterati herself, blessing, a thousand blessings. Um, I'm, I've been putting him up top because I've fucked up his name so many times recently. Many thanks to our patron, Stjarnbe, over in Norway. 
kicking ass, taking names. Big Refn fan. He likes Drive. You should watch Drive. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, William Rockwood, Daniele Hartelli, Connor Sweeney, David Rowney. Oh, because he's not here. Thank you, Carl Hartley. Carl actually yeah, also supports uh-huh. the show. Thanks, Carl. Yeah, bro. Um, David Rowney, Kelly and Mike Wagner, Brian Jackson, Sister Sarah Hartley, Jeffrey T. Morgan, who will be on the show uh, very shortly. Uh, we're going to do a Patreon episode for Dark City and a main season episode for Akira Kurosawa's Yojimbo, which will be the first Kurosawa film we've ever covered because I guess an oversight. Why the fuck have we not done one? Um, Yo Jimbo's Killer, you should check it out. Thank you, Katie Clark, who will also be on the show very uh, shortly to do Velocipaster. Why have we not done Velocipaster? Because it sounds like garbage, but I'm so excited to watch it, and I can't wait to hang out with Katie. Thank you, Leslie Ty. Thank you, Baloney Shoes. Mariah Rosado over in Chicago. Chicago. Uh, David Breda, Hunter Watson, Schwaz, and as always, a special shout out to Kevin Ramirez holding down the East Coast. Thank you so much. If you like what we, if you want to drop us a line, if you're like, John, tell me more about these, <laughs> these projects, these enigmatic projects of yours. Or if you just want to yell at me for talking too much, measuringflixpodcast at gmail.com. We are Measuring Flicks on Instagram and Facebook. Tell your friends, rate and review, and next week on Measuring Flicks, let's see, what is it? Uh, For the Patreon, we are finally going to wrap up When Harry Met Michael with Halloween Ends. Fuck, is that not a good movie? Sorry. Spoilers, listener. You were all right. Since so many people sent me texts like, you're going to do ends? Have you watched ends? It sucks. I'm like, guys, you're biasing me. I'm going to go in with an open mind. I watched it with an open mind, and I was like, fuck. They were so right. (laughs) (laughs) So get ready for a hate-filled bit of vitriol. That movie's terrible. Um, And then we're wrapping up Ryan Gosling month with Half Nelson. John, again, thank you so fucking much. It's always a blast to sit down and chat Always, always. I will do this as many times as my sanity will allow. Next time (laughs) time I come up north, I might bring microphones so that we can do it mobile for sure. Um, I'm, yeah. All right, now uh, now that you're all full of liquor, get out of here. Drive back up to the UP in the dark. Hell yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, listeners, stay tuned. Do check out John's shit. It is fabulous, and we will talk to you.